0: Hi, everybody. It's Pastor Josh. We had hoped we'd be able to gather for worship this week, but as of now, we are canceling worship for Sunday morning. I'm actually recording this sermon at home and praying that the television keeps my daughter entertained downstairs long enough for me to record it all in one take. It looks like it's going to be a few weeks until we're able to gather together again as a church. And it's hard to know what the next few weeks are going to bring. This is really uncharted waters for all of us. And this week I've been reminded over and over that the command that God gives most often in the Bible is the words, do not be afraid. We've got to work to get past our fear in the next few weeks so that we can take care of each other and make good decisions that care for one another. you so here in the sermon I'm about to share with you, That's our call over these next few weeks, to look out for each other, to care for one another, to make sure that even though we may be distant, we're not disconnected from the things that we need. Please, if you know of anyone who's in need, reach out to them. And if it's a need that you can't handle yourself, or if you're the person who needs help, please reach out to or call the church anytime. We have a whole community of folks who want to help and serve however they can. In the meantime, Stay close, stay healthy, and stay connected. Reading from the Gospel of John Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, who was tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. The water that I give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, so that I may never be thirsty or keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews, but the hour is coming, and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all these things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Well, I learned a lot of new things this week, and I suspect that you did too. I learned more about how governments and agencies function and make decisions during times of crisis. I learned about how viruses spread and the importance of flattening the curve I learned what items people are likely to hoard when they feel scared. I learned how fragile the daily functions of our society really are and how they're all interconnected, like a bunch of dominoes that pick up speed as school closings impact the ability of parents to work, which impacts families being able to take care of themselves, which impacts some of the basic social services that we're used to. And I learned a brand new phrase I had never heard before, social distancing. That's what our country and our church is doing right now to slow down the transmission of the coronavirus. The reading you just heard reminds us that while the phrase social distancing might be new to most of us, the concept is not And it has consequences. Consequences we need to think about right now so that we can take care of each other and take care of ourselves. This woman that Jesus encountered at the well knew all about social distancing. She was a Samaritan, a group of people who observant Jews considered to be unfaithful, unwelcome, unclean. Jews and Samaritans didn't interact because Jewish people were worried that just coming in contact with a Samaritan would make them dirty and ritually unclean. So they they kept their distance in a way that kind of reminds me of this coronavirus situation. Being a Samaritan was almost like a disease that could get on you, and so you didn't spend time with Samaritans. You didn't go where they went. You didn't eat where they ate. You didn't touch where they might have touched. This woman was a Samaritan. And so she knew all about social distancing. She'd been experiencing it her whole life. And not just because she was a Samaritan, but also because of her marital status. When she was talking at the well with Jesus she admitted that over the course of her life, she had been married to five different men. The church has often said this proves that the woman was a prostitute or somehow evil, but that's just not true. Women didn't have power in the first century, and their husbands could divorce them for just about any reason, just kind of discard them like unwanted goods or property. It's much more likely that this woman was infertile, unable to have babies, and so she'd just been cast aside by husband after husband. It's also much more likely that her her previous husbands had died, and that these ancient traditions of marrying your dead husband's brother had come to rule her life. But whatever the reason was, the truth is, you don't get married five times without getting a reputation— without people whispering, without those around you assuming some horrible things, and you certainly don't get married five times because your life is full of joy and goodness. There's a reason this woman went to the well at noon during the hottest part of the day alone. I think this woman knew all about social distancing, and how many friends did she have left at this point? How many times had she been avoided, ostracized, gossiped about, shunned? How many people thought she was cursed or broken? I suspect it was a lot easier to come to the well for water at noon in the heat of the day when no one else would be there. You know, it's amazing how being socially isolated can impact us. Researchers have found that people who are socially isolated have higher blood pressure, that they exhibit more aggressive behavior and actions. They're more likely to be hospitalized and even more likely to die. People who don't have a good social network and who don't have a lot of human interaction, those people are more vulnerable to infection. They're more likely to develop Alzheimer's and dementia, and they have higher levels of stress hormones like cortisol. They've discovered actually that long-term isolation can lead to anxiety, depression, psychosis, hallucinations. It, it, even, it even messes with your cognitive functioning as research has found that isolated people have lower levels of logical and verbal reasoning, reduced remembrance and recall, even difficulties paying attention. In fact, A study with mice found that social isolation didn't just change their behavior, it literally changed their brain chemistry and wiring and impacted the physical structures and sizes of their nerves. In other words, we are social creatures. We were created to be social beings, made and wired to connect. God made us that way. So imagine how the woman at the well felt when Jesus didn't keep his distance. He crossed the cultural taboos around men and women interacting. He reached across the deep divide that separated Jews and Samaritans. He knew all about her husbands and all about her history, and he didn't care. He told her the good news about who he was and what he was doing He offered her living water to bring life to her soul, and her life was changed that day. She went from socially distant to being the social center of the whole city, telling everyone about Jesus and inviting them to come and see him for themselves. And they did, and they believed. They believed that even though God often felt distant, through Jesus, God had come near. And that through Jesus, they had a connection with God. This is our challenge over the next few weeks. How do we stay distant without becoming disconnected? How do we practice social distancing while also maintaining and even strengthening social connection? Because we know how isolation impacts people. We know the effects it has on their mental and emotional and physical well being. And so, in these coming weeks, we need to remain distant, but we cannot become disconnected. This is a moment for the church to shine. To be honest, this week I'm grateful to live in the time when we do. Because never before have we had so many tools that help us to connect without even being near one another. Thanks to technology and social media and the internet, we have meaningful, accessible ways to stay connected with one another from a distance. And that is truly a gift. It's a gift that we plan to use in the coming weeks. The doors to our church are closed right now, but the work of our church continues. As your pastors, we are committed to using every tool at our disposal to help keep people connected and to care for one another. And you know what? We're asking you as a church to commit to that as well. Starting this week, we're going to intentionally create and share online content and opportunities to help people stay connected to God into one another. We'll send out emails to let you know where you can live stream worship services. We'll record and share our, our midweek lenten speakers who will be sharing their stories of thin places. We plan to create videos where we discuss Bible passages and current events. This coming Thursday, we'll still have Bible study and we'll host it online and we're sending a link so that everybody can join. We're hoping to share regular craft ideas and projects for families trying to pass the time. We're exploring online prayer meetings and small group video chats and devotions and daily challenges and all the other ideas that are popping into my mind when I can't sleep at night. We're going to do everything we can to help keep people distant, but not disconnected. And we are counting on you to do the same thing. Your calling over these next few weeks is to look for ways to maintain and create connections with people. To reach out to your neighbors and make sure they have enough. To call the elderly people in our church and the sick people in our church and the single people in our church to check in and to talk for a while. To find creative ways to encourage the parents down the street who are overwhelmed to ask our first responders if they need food to keep them on their feet, to write a letter and invite people to write back, to thank those who are laboring to keep others safe, to send care packages and support to healthcare professionals. This is a time to be Christ's body in the world, and the world's counting on you. One of my seminary professors used to say, Never let a crisis go to waste. Even in the midst of all this confusion and chaos and fear, there is real opportunity here. Opportunity to help bring people peace. Opportunity to rely on God in new ways. Opportunity to serve those around us. To explore different forms of connection and ministry. Opportunities to be like Jesus at the well and to reach across the things that are keeping us apart so that someone else can know that they are loved and valued and seen, not just by you, but by God. Do not be afraid, beloved church. This too will pass. And we will get through it together. We must care for the people around us. These are strange and uncertain times, but God has promised to be with us, and we know that God's promises are true. It may feel like God is distant, but He is not. In these coming weeks, we will find new ways of connecting with God, new ways of connecting with community, new ways of connecting with each other, and this will help to sustain us. We'll remember that through Christ, We are connected to God and that nothing can ever change that. And we will work to ensure that while we may be distant, we are not disconnected. Amen.